0: make sure how he doesn't hear this uh, i remember being in the flatbed <laughs> under some blankets trying to get in the pits because uh you couldn't you weren't allowed in there if they were, you were under 14 don't tell him that and, but. <laughs> and now you're now you're starting last in the first week <laughs> yeah ex- yeah exactly yeah, that, that's gonna be my punishment
1: brings him off the corner we go green flag racing jelly gonna pull the slide job on him up a turn number four the slide job on race for radio brought to you by dmc racing products race to win Hello and welcome to The Slide Job here on Race Pro Radio. I'm Bobby Chalmers and boy, do we have a great episode for you this week. You get to hear from a driver who started in auto racing by watching his dad chase checker flags on track while he was perfecting the last lap pass with his Matchbox cars in the grandstands. He went on to be a track champion, the first in his family to do so, and is now set to embark on his rookie year driving a Big Block Modified. But before we do that, we'd like to welcome a new sponsor to the slide show, Powderworth, the commercial and industrial powder coating company based in Marathon, New York. Powderworth achieves outstanding finishes designed to outlast the products they're on. No matter what you need coated, the folks at Powderworth strive to meet and beat the standards set by industry leaders. Give them a call today at 607-760-8405 and check out the Powderworth difference. Now let's get this show started as we talk to Pittsfield, Massachusetts, Brett Haas. Uh, you started racing full-size cars at the Valley back in 2008, um, but it wasn't your first experience in the sport. Your dad's, Adam, is, has been a racer over at the Valley for, for plenty of years in the old medium block days and, and the pro stocks and stuff, and he's a pretty good racer in his own right. What do you remember about growing up with with Dad as a race car driver?
0: Uh, well, the first thing I remember—you can't make sure how he doesn't hear this—I uh, remember being in the flatbed <laughs> under some blankets trying to get in the pits because uh, you couldn't, you weren't allowed in there if they, you were under 14. Uh, so that's what I remember. Don't tell him that. And, but. and now you're now you're starting last in the first week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's gonna be my punishment. But no, it was a good. I mean, anyone that's not wrapped up in racing, um, I don't think they they quite understand how involving the racing community is, and especially growing up over at the track. I remember. When he first started racing, we were over in the stands playing in the uh, dirt on the gravel with little matchbox cars, and I'd always wait to do a last lap pass, even with the matchbox cars. I always thought <laughs> I don't know something about that. So hopefully one day I'll make a last lap pass. Um, but then being over, being over in the pits, I think that was there. There's a feeling that can't. I guess you can't really describe it of going out there from. You you live you live through emotions at the track, and I mean from nerves, knowing how ner- nervous it is just watching him race, and then uh, when he'd win, I mean, I don't think there's quite a feeling that a little kid doesn't experience when he's in victory lane with uh, with his dad and his whole family, so that's pretty cool, that that whole aspect was.
1: When did you get the itch to to, to get into it and, and say, you know, my dad, I want to do this? I mean, was it their drive because dad was into it, or was it, this? like, I mean, I kind of have this feeling it was probably you wanting to do it, but. I mean, when did you finally get the itch to say, you know, I want to put on a helmet. I want to go out and race.
0: As soon as I could convince him to buy me one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, it was always my, my buddy, John, John Virgilio. He, he raced, I think, quite a few years before I did over at the go-kart track and uh, at Whip City. And um, I think one of our other friends had a go-kart for sale that he raced a handful of times. And uh, finally convinced convinced him one year that I wanted to race. So we were down at Stafford Speedway. Saw a go kart. Didn't know at the time. We didn't know whether it was good, bad, a uh, piece of junk, or what. But we bought it. Uh, put it together over the winter, and I think in 2005 is the first year we started racing. Over Maybe at, made it, me do it. Yeah. I think it was. Uh, how yeah, th- old? How,
1: how old were you at the time? Oh,
0: see, now 2005. I was born in '93, so 12. No, 11. I think I started in it when I was 11. Okay. And then, uh, and then so that was, and at that, at this, at this today's day, that's pretty, that's pretty old to get in racing. So. Um, but back then it was pretty pretty young, so we start we started young and we had pretty good success right out of the gate, um, racing Whip City. It wasn't a WKA sanctioned track, so we had dirt tires or the uh, groove tires. Were a lot of tracks now. I don't even think there is any tracks with groove tires, but they all run the slicks on the go karts. But that was our first that was our first experience, and uh, we had some talent talent in the go karts back then at Whip City.
1: <laughs> Talking about the go karts, I mean, especially at a young age, I mean. I've seen you, I've lived in myself, I mean, it takes a certain discipline to be a a race car driver. It keeps a focus and things like that. At a young age, I mean, how do you keep focus and and drive to know that what you got to do and and everything about the car, or or were you just like, you know, I'm going to get in and go. I mean, this is is what I want to (laughs) do.
0: I think at that age, I don't know how much drive you have. I mean, you're going out there, especially I was racing with one of my best friends, so we're going out there. Joking, joking around we're out there to have fun i think what what prompted that was both of me and john's fathers uh they had the competitive edge from racing so long oh so they yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um and, and i gotta throw matt tanner in there even though he might have that drive that. because he uh he went out and spanked us every week but <laughs> no we uh I, we went out there to have fun and to be honest with you we really didn't i don't think we really knew what we were doing um except going out there and you obviously, when you get out there, I guess your competitive drive takes over when you, you want to win and you're just competitive in nature. I mean, if you're in fifth grade with your friends, you want to win the basketball game and gym class, right? So you get out on the racetrack and it's the same thing. You gotta you learn quick what you need to do in order to go out there and win the race. So I think um, anyone that's competitive will figure it out pretty quickly if you want to actually go out there and have fun, but also when you win for the first time, it's uh, that feeling is kind of contagious and then you got to do whatever you got to do to get back there.
1: Now, how many years did
0: you race down the whip? From I think from 05 to 2007. Okay. So I think it was okay. I think it was 3 seasons but um, so maybe four or five somewhere around there.
1: From a lot of people I've talked to they said it was a really challenging track. I mean I I know at least with the mini sprints I mean I'm not sure on the with the go karts I know they had a smaller track. Um what did racing on a track like that teach you? I mean, obviously, you hadn't run. The only thing you'd ever done has been racing the matchbox cars in the dirt, you know, being young. I mean, did you learn stuff that even to this day, you know, kind of helps you? And, you know, obviously, you were young, but I mean, did you learn stuff down there that kind of helped you?
0: Uh, Whip City, it was a track that they, it was right next to Barnes Airport in Westfield. So they couldn't treat the track for whatever reason with calcium. I don't know if it interfered with their equipment that's going to technical stuff but so the track was a, you knew whip city for the dust the absolute dust that it kicked up so the track never uh besides warm ups when it had a little bit of moisture in it i mean even with the go karts it get slick right away and it was almost one lane racing you'd have to make some passes on the outside if but you were in no man's land and it was like uh it was literally like ice so i guess it taught you even in the go karts it taught you um a little bit of car control i can't say it taught you everything but a little bit of car control just because it's um, and taught you the fundamentals just because it was so. Sl- I, I won't even call it slick. I'll call it like it was almost like you were on a layer of film <laughs> around the track. <laughs> but it it was good. Like I said, a lot of good drivers came out of it. So whatever, whatever atmosphere or, or track surface or, or bumps or whatever was there produced a lot of good drivers. So it's a shame to see it. Every once in a while, I'd say every couple of years we drive by, and it's it's a shame to look at the ruins. Let's call it. Um. But I think I think actually how we bought a few of the grandstands there, so we have a couple pieces of Whip City at Lebanon Valley. If, if anyone didn't know that, but that's a pretty cool piece uh, about it because it's definitely a track that's that that's close to our heart.
1: Now, after those years of running the cart,
0: I mean, how did the topic of you getting into a sportsman car come up? Ooh, I think <laughs> I think I don't. To be honest with you, I don't know because I don't remember. I think it's something I always wanted to do. But I think my parents might have pushed me a little bit because I don't remember. I, I'm sure I was joking around that I wanted to well, race. I mean, your but, dad was
1: always the pro yeah. stock and full fender guy. I mean, how did it get to that point of, you know what, we're going to bypass all of that and we're going to put you in a sport?
0: I For me personally, the reason why we went modified was we put it in the logic of a go-kart, you're in the center of the car, and a modified, you're in the center of the car. So I think that was the main logic of it. Okay. And, um, yeah, I think one year I when we got the car, one time we actually uh, – they surprised me with it. They bought, I think it was one of Flax old cars that they ran at Syracuse. It was a low rack, or not a low rack, a low cage T.O. I think it was an old four T.O. And I remember we went over to my grandfather's junkyard one time and he he already bought it, didn't tell me. And we went over there to get something and it was sitting in the garage. uh, And it was, they told me they paid for it with my good grades that I got. So, so they, uh, um, so that's, that's how we, that's how we got in there to begin with. And then it was our last year at Whip City. We already won a championship there. So we realized, I guess, well, my parents realized because I didn't realize much back then. But they realized that there was some sort of talent there, and they wanted to. They did everything they could to push me up through the ranks as quickly as they could. And um, within reason, they're not going to put me out there and make us all look like a bunch of jerks. But they want to get <laughs> they want to get us over there, and that's how we started in 08 over at Loveman.
1: I guess that kind of goes back into the next uh... – question that I was going to have is on the back deck of that car your parents put paid for with good grades <laughs> um how important was school for you i mean i know like a couple of weeks ago i talked to Cody Blue and he, he he told me his father said if you want to go go-kart racing you're going to have to make sure you buckle down and do well in school which he did and, and that's how they ended up getting in the go-karts
0: i mean being that young still i mean school had to be important for you i mean how else are you going to put a tangible uh, way to get your kid to realize the importance of a $40,000 race car when they're 14. So it's, uh, I, I couldn't, obviously I didn't have any money to pay for anything. So that was their way of making sure I at least got my school work Cause that's the only thing I could hold up at the time was just my grades. I couldn't, I couldn't go out and work or anything. So they said, if, at least if I got on a roll, I was allowed to race. A few times got real close that I almost didn't get it. But there wasn't a, <laughs> luckily they didn't have to enforce it. So I was able to race every week. And like I said, it was just uh just a deal that, and at the time, I mean, that's the least I could do. That was easy for me, for the most part, is to at least get on a roll and, and do my part that way. And I hope, it, and part of it was we had the cause just to promote the importance of racing, especially now with kids. It, it seems to be a theme to put these young, young kids in full blown race cars now. Where back in the day, me being fourteen, that was—I mean, I think we had to sign waivers <laughs> over there. That's, I don't think that's that was, the way I was. I was the youngest when I yep. was when I was racing too. So it's, uh, and like I said, I had no idea what difference between a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars at the time you're so young you don't know the difference so when you go out there and you're racing full-blown cars with real consequences of not only safety but uh money you you have no other way to realize other than you might as well do your part and get good grades and that'll uh that'll keep the wheels turning
1: i know what it was like for me um but what was it like having your dad be a race car driver and knowing you're following his footsteps and his legacy as a second generation driver. I mean, obviously you were doing the go kart thing, but now you're in a car. You're in a full race car at the track he grew up at and raced at for the
0: longest time. What I mean, what did that mean to you? That's pressure. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what else. That's pressure. Um yeah, you don't wanna you don't wanna let them down. I and I mean, to be honest with you, it was we knew we were decent in the go karts, but you go out on the track and you don't know now you're racing against People twice your age, you got to actually learn racing because it's not like a little go kart where you bump 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 off somebody and you're you're moving away. You're you're now you're responsible for people's lives. I mean, uh, so but the biggest thing for me was just like I said, not to let him down, my mom down. They set history together at the track, so that was uh. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> so that was uh we're we're known over there, but like I said, I could go went over there and been awful. And that that I think that was his biggest both my parents' biggest concern is what happens? How are we gonna tell him that he sucks? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but we got out there and it was I, I told them right from the get go I was more worried about running some somebody over in the pits. So that was my main concern. I didn't care. Once I got on the track and got it in a gear, I, I knew I was gonna go. Yeah. Car. yeah. <laughs> once you once you get out on the track, I mean, then it comes natural. Uh I think to most most race car drivers it just comes natural and you, you, you learn quickly, but, yeah, that was my main concern is running somebody over in the pits.
1: <laughs> um, Thanks to our good friend Brian Bedell.
0: Uh, he gave me a whole list of statistics
1: about you. Oh, and, boy. And back in in 2008, you finished 22nd in points, and then you improved even to, to 2009, you got to 12. And one of the cool things that he mentioned to me was in the last four races, you finished three races in the top four. And it showed that you had momentum and you were getting better and better and better and yep. better. In two thousand ten, you put it all together and you got your first win. What do you remember about your fir- the night that you got your first win? I mean, do you remember the feeling coming off of turn four to come to the checkers? Dude, do I you- cry
0: about it every single time I watch the video. <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> that's not that's not an exaggeration. I gotta I, I don't cry full blown, but you get teared you up get because it's emotional. Oh yeah. And I think you could probably say the same thing and it's just any race car driver at at a big level like that. Um, I mean, full size car. You 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 always hope, and you can only, you can only envision what it would be like. But until you're in that moment, I mean, it's so much. There's so much work, money, um, people putting their hope and trust in you. You know what I mean? Just, um, it's such a huge feeling to 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 finally get it done. And um, I don't know. Maybe we got lucky that night, but I think we got two wins that year and I mean every win you got, you can't take for granted but that first win I got to tell you there is nothing like it and if you weren't if you weren't invested in racing before that holy cow you're going to be invested after because <laughs> then you're like all right let's see how good we can really be and that's when the real work starts uh, but yeah that first win holy cow I can't I can't even describe the feeling because somebody that that doesn't race and doesn't know how much work money how many different a lot print more pieces? Oh, the there's so many pieces to the puzzle. If you cut your tire wrong or siped your tire wrong that night, you might not have won the race. So, or siped. It. There's so many pieces that have to be fall into place. And when they say the stars align for any given win, they're not lying. And like I said, to 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 be that young, go over in a class that has so much history. I mean, it's just uh, it was it was a it was a big night for us. And and I think that that was a big momentum boost for our for our family as a whole because now. I was the first one to win an open wheel car and it showed that we can we can keep moving up the ranks and uh do well
1: now what about what did it mean to to bring dad's number the Haas name yeah, back yeah, to yeah. victory lane and stuff i mean that had to be pretty cool too yeah so
0: the number originated it was a time my parents actually got back together and stayed together uh may 5th so that was how the number came to originate and oh i think it was my grandfather's um with his, the junkyard address 55 so it's a number that means a lot to us and just to keep that little family heritage alive at least at least I could say if all it's failed I got one win over there at Eleven Valley with a number so <laughs> no but that it, it meant a lot and it, it still feels good to carry that on because like I said I don't care how who you are if you have to live up to your father's uh, his legacy it's, it's something that's difficult to do and, and that's a lot of pressure so I think I think we're doing that and I think uh, I think we're 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 making our name known which I just I just I just hope to make our fans proud, that's all. I'm I mean, <laughs> And marketing of, partners.
1: Yeah. I mean outside of the fact of I mean, you've driven I think Kobe Schroeder's car once or twice and, and I think you've driven, you've test you know ran a couple of guys' backup cars every once in a while. Anytime you've actually been in full competition, you've been in the fifty five. I mean you're talking about the pressure. I mean, but what does that mean to realize that you're carrying on the family tradition to have the 55 on the doors of your car every single time you get on the racetrack?
0: It's it's. I mean, it's a, it's a privilege. I wouldn't want it any other way. You know what I mean? It's just uh, something that I think is ingrained, ingrained in brajas Racing and our and our team. I mean, that's something that I, it's almost like a badge of honor if you want to call it, like a family crest is a 55. But <laughs> no, not to be not to be cheesy, but. I think it's, it's, it's a number that somebody hears a 55 and they see the orangish-yellow numbers, and it's, it's our brand now. So um, if we went to a different number, we got a car uh, a car owner or something, I wouldn't mind changing it. Um, but it's something that if I had my choice, I, I wouldn't change it. I mean, it's just I think it gives us some it's good luck. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Back in 2011, um,
1: you, you, you were able to put everything together. You went out and got a couple wins that year. And you were able to grab the Sportsman Championship, the old Sportsman class, the way that it was. Well, Talk to me about that. And I mean, after you know, now you were talking about after three years in, in the go karts, you won championships down in Whip City. Now here you are, four years into to racing full size Sportsman cars, and you're a champion in Lebanon Valley. Talk to me about that. About the significance of that.
0: So that was unexpected. We weren't expecting. Really? We knew. Yeah, we knew we were good. We knew we were good, but to get your first, our first win, I think what the year before that yep. at Lebanon, and then to go out the following year on the championship. I mean, I don't think you could. Have, that's a goal. That's a goal every year, but I don't think that we expected that. I remember Coley Schroeder. He was he was fast that year, but he got a ride in a big block that year, so he cut out halfway and jumped up the big blocks. In that, uh, he would have been, I think, our our main competition that year. And um, going into the last night. I think we just had to start the feature thank god which quite literally was all we did because we made it out of turn two and i'm pretty sure we got somebody hit us in the right front wheel and it broke the front panhard. and going down the back stretch the whole front end shifted over and it's funny i sent my father uh abby my father and my mother the picture of the front clip that we shoved over about a foot going up to get our championship pictures because uh we walled it down the back stretch so luckily that's what happened but um, that meant a lot because my father was so close, I think in 97 and 98 racing with bro. And, um, he, he wasn't able to close a deal up. Uh, and I think that's, that's one thing that I wanted to get for our family besides a win, um, is, is a championship. Just to say attach the house name to a championship over at Lebanon Valley. And I mean, any driver that wins a championship, you can hang your helmet up tomorrow and at least you have something, you know what I mean? They say, we've wrapped up everything as a whole. And put a bow on it at the end of the year. So, um, but now, now we're competitive in the small block. So that's a goal now. Yep. Um, and I mean, it's it's harder. You could be fast weekly, but to put a championship together shows everything. Like like in a race, everything's got to come together, and one one small thing could take it all away. So you gotta you gotta count your blessings when you have them. And um, 2011 was was a good year and a year we definitely won't forget. Even though we kind of drink to celebrate it, but <laughs> hey, that's all right. We had some. Uh, I think. That the fake champagne or whatever it is thank god if you
1: like i said a couple of weeks ago cody was talking to me about um the fact that he was too young every time he won so they ended up bringing him milk yeah so thankfully you didn't have to worry well, about that's that. acceptable cody but, yeah I was, I was <laughs> 2012 uh you ended up fifth in points um after that year um uh, they the, the track did away with the class um and they, had, they ended up um, moving the crate class, the crate sportsman class as, as the regular sportsman. And a lot of guys, they, they formed new 358 class. Um, a lot of guys moved up, you were one of them. Um, talk to me because you were officially the first winner in this class. What does that mean? I mean, I mean I, obviously you're all, I mean, you're talking about me keeping the history and the heritage and things like that going. You're down in the record books as the first winner in, in that class. I mean,
0: did it validate
1: yourself a little, just a little bit more to the fact that you were able to win the class so soon?
0: I, we were, I'll, put, I'll leave it at that. We were sour after the 2012 season. It put a little damper on our program. Um, but we shifted that real quick, and we got we ended up going. Um, Jack built us a, a new spec small blackjack boy. And, um, I mean, you're stepping into a whole other league now. Now you're jumping up to 358s back when. You know what I mean? It's not the same motor, but Andy, uh, Matt Quinn. I mean, you're th- th- this is there a class that now things. that's that's your, you're looking at like wow, this is a pretty legendary class if you want to call it. <laughs> and um, so we didn't know what to expect, and we got out there, and it felt car felt normal, it felt fast. Um, it wasn't something that I felt took a ton of time to get used to the horsepower difference because sportsman motors were potent back in the day, the open sports motor. So. Um, wasn't too much of a horsepower difference there. So, there's a couple little things, but um, yeah, and then to get the first win, like I said, that that gave us, I think, the confirmation that we're, we're pretty good over at Lebanon Valley. I mean, every other championship, you said we could have got lucky, a couple wins here or there sprinkled in, we could have got lucky with those, uh, but then to go out and win our first race in the small block class, that was that was a pretty big. That was a pretty pretty big deal for us, and I mean that takes the pressure right off you because your goal all year is to win a race, and then you do it first night. Now what's your goal to win the championship? Um, so, yeah, it's uh, that was that was a big that was a big confidence boost, and I think like I said, that gave us confirmation to say we belong here.
1: Now going into that year as well, you had a new major sponsor on the quarter panel, Miller Delli, the business school, to come on board, yep. and. and there's probably another big shot in the arm to realize, you know what, you were able to draw somebody in and realize that it's a good, good program and you're a good marketer and things like that. Um, even to this day, you're, I mean, your car is full of sponsors. You've got a lot of a lot of people supporting you and a lot of people behind you. Um, how cool is it to realize that you've got so many people supporting you, not just your marketing partners, but your team is, is behind you 100%.
0: Ooh, we have a kick-ass team in general. I'll put it that way. As a whole, it's not something that started over, over, obviously overnight. Um, but throughout the years, our consistency, uh, racing for education—that's when Mildred Alley partnered up with uh, with us, and they've been on board every Hades year. Good up, yeah, for good <laughs> grades. So um, that was that was a really nice fit for us, um, and they they've been a huge help. The past, all the way up to 2019, they were a huge, huge help. Um, and then, I mean, my crew, all my marketing partners. Now, I we have a lot of marketing partners, which is a huge, huge help. So, any any help is definitely a, a a pump in the arm for our whole team. And like I said, we've had a lot of marketing partners that have been with us through and through, from good times to the bad, through our four year uh, losing streak, if you want to call our winless streak, um, and they've they've never they've never wavered. So, the same thing with my crew. I mean, we've had almost everyone along right from the get-go um so they're just just a huge huge help they're over at the monday we have our monday night crew that come over we have our sunday wash (laughs) team that that they're over there uh every probably a week before me you know what i mean so it's uh (laughs) hey we're watching tapes from the week before so we could learn good good cover good cover (laughs) yeah but no it's uh it's a huge help and without them i mean i can't give them enough credit i don't know what else i could do to give them enough credit i mean they um they they bust their ass and that's that's without question i mean they caught um uh, this year like i'll give you an example jason was going through we caught the rear end that was cracked um and that could have we we changed it the the, the ring was or the opinion was cracked so that would have that would have we went out for one it would have broken we would have that would have been our championship uh you know what i mean that would have ended a championship change. so a little thing like that like you don't realize the significance of something like that that could end the could end the season. Another thing, a bracket, a bolt on a bracket. We were just wrapping up. My father put a wrench on it, and we not not both the car. But he put a little more. He's got a little bigger arm, so he put a he put a little more muscle on it, and it, the bolt was actually broke off inside the uh, in the chassis. So it was s- little stuff like that. That that the attention when I emphasize the attention to detail, um, in, in a race car, not only for safety, f- for the reason for your safety, but just little things that somebody might overlook. That's where I want to be better than them is to I would rather I'd rather work on the race car and not be dirty. That's why I hate if I have to work on a street car because I'm dirty at the end of it. I don't like that. <laughs> but no, they're uh, they're a huge help and I got to roll into um, Mark with MJI Transport. He stepped up this year. He's gonna be um, primary on the on the small block with MJI Transport, and then uh, Dave Prime Mac Tools. He's gonna step up on the big block and uh, as primary. And we have, I mean. County Auto Wrecking has been on since day one. Um, Bushy's Pool City, Pittsfield Lawn and Tractor, Munson Satellite, uh, scene We stayed down with scene and I know I'm gonna. I'm probably forgetting some major ones. I just want to hit on um, all, all of them are key, but that they're, they helps to really keep this racing going, um, and, and I want them to know their appreciation and also just what they mean for. Our, our team because like I said if I forgot anyone I'm, I'm not naming them all but um, it's just eh, without their backing I want them to be associated like we said about the 55 brand I want them to be associated with that so that's exactly. what our fans think of when they think of not only the 55 and our team um, but the dedication the the good people we have with us and we like to have fun as well so it's uh, we, we've got a good team we've got a good team and I, I I'm not bragging about it but I, I, I want to brag about them because they're everyone from my marketing uh, partners to my fans, to my crew, to my parents, to my wife, to my our new mascot, Denali. Um we got a we got God's a good deal going. Fluffy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got a uh we got a good deal going while while not considering us a, a professional sports team. Um or professional if you want to call it at that because that takes it to a whole nother level and that's where we want to get but um realistically we keep it real and uh that we're we have a really good really good deal going. I mean we could use if you know anyone that we're in a we're in a uh, 24 by 24 garage with two cars right now. So if you know anyone that wants to help us build a garage, um, I got land for it. <laughs> but that's, that's the next, that's well, the next you step. It once yeah. this thing goes live, you market
1: it out there and tell everybody to listen. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> yep. In the first two years of that class, you, you, you grabbed five wins. Um, three the first year and two the second year. You kind of talked about it in the last question. You then went, the next three years, without visiting Victory Lane, I mean, did that streak weigh
0: on you? More than you know. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about the highs of highs when we went back to the first win. So you you're on top of the world. Um, you you you're getting wins. You're not taking them for granted, but you know they're they're still coming in. So you're not thinking too much of it. Oh, it'll come. It'll come. Well, when that week never comes, then you start questioning yourself. And I remember the very last night of two thousand and I think it was a 14 season. That no, wasn't a four, or 15. 2015 season, maybe. Me and Jason Harrington joked around that. Both of us all never went a year without a win. And we were uh, we were joking like, all right, who's going to get it tonight? Because one of our streaks is going to be ending. But I can't remember who won that, that week, but it sure as hell wasn't us. So that was <laughs> our first year in my entire racing career. Uh, besides 0, 08 and 09, that we didn't get a win. But that was when you're first starting out. So yeah, had you're an still learning. <laughs> yeah, you're excuse. Yeah, you're so what was our excuse this year uh you catch some bad breaks but you got to reevaluate and then um the next year came no win the next year came no win and so then your your frustration compounds on each other extremely um and i mean there's stuff you could have done differently but we knew we knew we were stale as a team there's something stale about it and i couldn't tell you what so um 2017 we bought a uh bought a bucknell and we thought that was a route to go and um, it proved to be right.
1: During the streak, I mean, how do you keep the focus? I mean, like you said, it's hard to kind of realize that it, you should be winning. Why am I not winning? But I mean, how did you keep your focus to realize? You know what? It could be the next week, and then after that, it could be the next week.
0: I almost think you have too much focus. I think you start over. The reason I say that is, I think you start overthinking everything. You start start doubting yourself, coupled with overthinking. And I think that's a recipe for disaster. You start, be, what adjustment you should make at the track that you normally would just, ah, oh, let's just do it. What's the worst that can happen? We, we, we fall backward a little bit. Now you're thinking, well, maybe the car is going to come to us in the future, so we shouldn't adjust anything, where then you go out on the track and you should have adjusted it, but you overthought it. You know what I mean? So right. And that was, you're almost too laser focused on, you're trying you're tender, to. You're matter. almost. T- you're Yeah, that's exactly it. You hit the nail on the head. You almost have your blinders on to other things because you're so just laser focused in on that. Um, and then you start doubting yourself. Everyone starts to doubt themselves. I don't care um, who you are when you're in a slump like that. And I mean, everyone goes through. And I think Jimmy Johnson is going through or went through one. I mean, you can take these guys a, that are getting paid to do it. Um, that pressure, that pressure is insurmountable when you're when you're going through. it. I mean, we're just doing it. Essentially for fun, right? So, um, yeah, that was that was when I say it was kind of a dark place in my racing career. It ultimately made us better, but it also definitely destroyed um, our confidence for those few years. And I, I got to be honest, I don't even like watching videos from uh, videos from back then. There was a King of Dirt. I think that King of Dirt race we almost won it. Um, and then a lap car th- didn't know where which way they were going. And uh, we're gonna go up gonna go up top and then turn, cut down low, and we were I was already committed to low and he ended up spinning and I kept going, but that put Tremont knocking on my door and uh, he drove by us for for the win. So I mean that type of stuff, I don't like watching that because it just it almost takes you back and hurts you a little bit inside, I gotta be honest with you. It almost hurts you. <laughs> like we're so close and um, but the past the past two years have definitely helped to get to definitely give us the confidence back we need. And rightfully so, I think we got overshadowed definitely for a couple of years there because that wasn't – that's not our race team um, to to not perform like that. And we still – I mean, our points – I was going
1: to say, I mean, even even though you didn't win, I mean, you didn't finish any worse than fourth in points. I mean, if I remember correctly, I mean, you had a lot of seconds, a lot of thirds, but you were always getting – you know, you couldn't get that that top spot. I mean – Obviously, consistency pays off, right? I mean, it, it it helps you with the points, but I mean, that still had to be eaten.
0: Yeah, that's that was my father's thing is, uh, just be consistent. Consistent wins will come, championships will come. You just got to be. His thing is slow and steady, right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, consistency. You say that's all good and well, right? You're consistent, but you still don't. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong that I can't win? We're just fast enough to be consistent. We're not fast enough to win. So. That I mean, you can't. I'm not making it sound like consistency is a bad thing, but, but sooner. You out, want to win. Wait, you want to go out and win every, at least every once in a while, once a year, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was uh that was the hardest thing to deal with, and it definitely put strain. Like I said, it put strain on 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 our whole team because now is it the driver? You got to look at the driver, right? I mean, you're putting good parts on the car, so why isn't the driver driving up to the front? Right. Um, and it, we have proved, like I like you mentioned, we proved that we are good. We won a championship. We won. The first small block race, so now, oh, and we had five wins in two years. So all sudden,
1: well, it's not like you just you know fell off. Well, that's that I mean?
0: that that's it. So, fell off, or the, some people stepped up and they're on a different playing field. I don't know. It's just I don't know how we dropped that bad, and and that's what that that's what I think the worst part was is we knew we were good at least for a win a year. So now, what's the recipe that we're missing to to get the car back in victory lane? And like I said, consistency is good, but. Now you're like, am I ever going to get another one? <laughs> yeah,
1: Well, you said you never take it for granted. I mean, you talked about this at the end of um, 17. You and your parents decided to make a change, You switch from your TO car that you've been running for for hour, I mean, your entire career. Yep. And you went and you got a Bicknell, and Bicknell had a lot of new things. It's not just the fact that it was a new chassis to you that you had to learn, but it was a lot of new rear suspension, a lot of new things. Obviously, it must have had a, like a renewed confidence for you, you know, trying, trying to bring something new to you. And obviously it worked because you, you got right back to Victory Lane in the middle of the summer. Based off everything you were just talking about, I mean, how gratifying was that to realize, you know what? I can still do this. We can still do this. We can get this car to Victory Lane.
0: The last four laps of that, that race? I was almost shaking inside the car <laughs> because you heard every oh, nut and bolt. You, oh and yeah, you then you're freak. thinking what's going to break because you know, history history repeats itself and uh, and I was like something's bound to happen, but then and that was just to to go out and do that again and beat get back in victory lane. That's another breath of fresh air to say okay, we needed <sighs> this again. It's just oh, yeah yeah. Glad you to just kind of exhale and go okay. Ooh, we enjoyed it. We took we took uh. The Sunday after you win is like the best Sunday you could ever have, right? Make washing the cars easier. You don't care about it. Yeah. You're, you're sweet talking the race car because you're happy <laughs> with it. Yeah, it was just a uh, totally different. It was a 180 degree spin on uh, on everything, and um, yeah, it was it was it was the right. Obviously, proved to be the right move to make that to make that jump. And sometimes, sometimes stuff just starts to go stale, and whatever the reason is, you fall into patterns, and you just get used to complacency, I guess, and you. Racing's proven me you can't be complacent. Um, you always got to be willing to try different things to stay ahead of the curve. Not just not just to meet the meet to to raise your standard up to the the best guys. But my theory is I can get above them. I want to stay above them. So um, that whole chassis package that everyone seems to be buying now, we were on that back in 2018 season. So and that gave us a little bit of a leg up, and it was a big chassis swing. Meaning the chassis was the same. Bicknell's chassis has been the same since like 04. I I was talking with somebody. So um, geometry wise minus a few things here or there. So they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. But they also did in the same token with a short rod, left side painted hard coil deal. Um, And at that point when you're, so maybe it was a blessing we went a couple years without a win. Because at that point we were willing to take that risk and say what's the worst that can happen? We don't get another win this year. Um, Because like I said, switching, which I think our Collins, you were saying yourself, there wasn't many guys that ran coils, per se, um, and had great, great success with them. So it was like uh, you're jumping to coils, which is an unknown territory. The short rods, we tried it. McNeil came out with a short rod years ago. That, wasn't, that didn't seem to work very good. Um, and then the left side panhard, that's unheard of. So, uh, so yeah, we made that leap, and I think me and Virgilio were the first ones over at um, Lebanon Valley to try it, and he went out for warm-ups first at Lebanon, and I said, I'm going to watch it. If you drive it through the uh, clubhouse, I won't go out. And he did it <laughs> and he was fast. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we went out there and the car was good. Um, the first year we struggled, it was very inconsistent. Um, cause it was essentially, it was, it was something different. Nobody knew. Nobody had the foot, uh, the, the ground notes to change it. So you're, you're trial and error. And, um, we are good. The car by itself, the car had good single car speed. If you had the whole track to yourself. Um, once you got in traffic, I remember we had one night, I was third with a few laps to go and I go, I can make quick work of these, these guys on a restart. And I went from third to like 11th because the car had such a bad push. And I go, maybe we're, maybe we're missing something. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the car was good. And then we finished out the year. I don't know, one win or two wins or one win. So um I always inflated. Why the do I know that but you don't? Yeah, oh wait see? a minute, this is Brian Bedell yeah. <laughs> Um and then we went out to this past uh last season we went out to Orange County. My dad wanted to make a change on the car that I wasn't fond of or agree with, and we did. And uh I mean we right then and there I knew we had something. Uh minus the fire extinguisher going off inside the car and uh, the first half a lap under caution, but that's a story for a different day. <laughs> but yeah, right away I knew I knew we 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 hit on something that the car wanted, and um, and from that this year showed that that it felt the car was just felt glued to the track almost every almost every single night. So um, like I said, I got to give credit to him because that was a something I wouldn't have done, um, but it worked, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to make the uh, big block go like that too.
1: You kind of kind of alluded to it. Last year was a monster year for you. Yeah. Three wins, kind of validating the the move to the pick Now, um, you got you even finished second in points. I mean, you were right in the hunt right until the last week. Was that the type of not only the type of season you wanted? Is that the type of season you needed? You know, just for yourself and realizing, you know what, this is this okay. We're we're on the road. We're on the way back. You know, it was just a fluke that we were we went winless for so long, but now you you realize, okay. This this is real. We can do this. this. I got the full packet.
0: I think without a doubt. I mean, our confidence was down the years prior to that and uh but deep down I knew my dad was smart enough, my mom was supportive enough, Abby was supportive enough and uh, my whole crew was always behind us. So I knew we had I knew we had something good. But then you fall back on the driver and the driver doesn't have confidence as much confidence as they should. And this was a year I was confident every time I hit the track. I mean, that's huge. Uh, that I mean, we want a heat race at Orange County. That's not even our that's not even our track. We go out and win a heat race there. And then um, we go to 11 and make a. Oh, actually, we did make a last lap pass on after in the heat race. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, that confidence, right? The first two races, you can call them heat races of the year, were wins. So, I mean, that confidence going out and knowing your car, what your car is going to do. That's the biggest thing is, I mean, you could throw your car in sideways, and but if you really don't know what it's going to do from one lap to the next, you're not confident, right? So, if. Uh, just confidence in knowing what the car is going to do, when it's going to do it, and, and I mean, just being at the right place at the right time. Um, it was just just huge this year. I mean, you got to catch brakes no matter what. You got to catch things that are in your control, like that ring and pinion that was about to explode. Um, you got to catch those things, but also you got to have the confidence. And like I said, this this year could be totally different. But we're not. You got to know that going into racing. Um, we could go without a win this year. Who knows, right? You're, nothing's guaranteed, but, yeah. But, no, this 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 past year was a, a model year for us to know what we're capable of, right? So, um, Sportsman was, like I said, we might have got lucky with that. Or, I mean, we, we had pieces fall in the puzzle where nobody else did. So, that shows us we're capable of it. But this year really showed racing with Andy, racing with really high caliber drivers, we could do this.
1: Now I'm going to kind of go off the beaten path a little bit. Um, very hot topic when it comes to some racers, a lot of the fans. It's kind of divided down the middle. I want to see your take on it. Um, with the 358 class in this current configuration, no actual small block driver has ever won the championship since the 2013 season. Um, you had Huff, went, Steve Huff went in 13. Wayne Jelly in 14. Um, then Kenny Tremont went on his massive run for, for I think, four years. Um, and then this past year, uh, Andy McKetty. Um, thanks to, I think we were talking about this before the uh, the interview when we were just kind of shooting the ball, um, Brian Bedell, he cracked open his basic book Eleven and Valley Facts, and one of the things he talked about was that if you take out all the big block drivers where you were sitting in points, if you take all the big block drivers out of there, you you'd be a four time champion right now. Do you do you think this is fair? I mean, should this have happened in your eyes? Should the modified drivers be allowed in that class?
0: Ooh, this is, you're gonna get me off on a tangent. Um, yes, ready. Yeah, right right here we right go. Right. You ready? Yes and no. Yeah, that's a very down the down the line answer. I'll tell you from a different few perspectives. Okay. As a driver perspective, um, yeah, it makes us better. Stepped our whole program up. I mean, because you got to run with these guys, um. I, yeah, I, I see. I like I like to hear that. So then that, it
1: basically proves that you you like racing against uh, against the big block. Well, crash. here's
0: here's the flip side of that, right? So it helps helped our whole team elevate, meaning in terms of attention to detail, learning how to get every little advantage you can, which that's irreplaceable. That's absolutely that experience is irreplaceable. Okay. You learn their techniques of driving, which is following Kenny around for the half a lap before he was a straightaway ahead of me um he learned some <laughs> things there uh no but in all seriousness and he can't look at it i mean it's not, i really like the way it sounded that i would have been would have been a four-time champ um because i always knew that we were we are good we were a top top level team um mean, the, that was
1: even in the years that you were you in your <laughs> winless streak yeah, 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 that's yeah. that thing too on the
0: flip side I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the flip side um i mean coming from and maybe maybe this opinion hasn't been brought up before but coming from a team that yeah, we we run a car that has good parts on it. We're not we're not rich by any means, but we could run a, a small block car. Very like thrifty. We have to be thrifty, but we could okay. run one, right? If I go to a marketing partner and say we are um, a top competitive team, and then they then they don't say, oh, well, then they ask how many championships have you won, and I go back to sportsman days, this and that, and let's say they're into racing, and then let's say Kenny Tremont walks in the door. He says, I've got four championships in this class. Who are you likely to, to market with? So, from that aspect, and I don't think a lot of people take that in consideration. And um, I'm not taking anything away from Kenny, but because, but a guy, but you're
1: not using this as an excuse for, no, no no no, 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 no,
0: no, no, because Mildred's been a huge sponsor. I have, I have plenty of sponsors, but that's my, it's tough to get when you know how good your team is competing against these top level teams with quite a bit of money. I mean, boil it down racing comes down to money right yeah to buy equipment put put your car in positions that a guy like myself wouldn't put a car in to possibly because you possibly destroy it and then then what um but coming from that aspect it's a totally different outlook of if i if i if me and this me and kenny went to the same place to get a marketing partner i'm gonna get overlooked just because i don't necessarily have the the yeah, but
1: if you're looking at that too, not to play Devils advocate, yep, yep. because I, no. get, I get this plenty of times. People have we've had this conversation yep. plenty of times. But if you were looking at that too, they may be looking at Kenny for his years of experience, not just and his his expertise, not just the
0: 4 years that he was racing against Brad. Yeah, oh, that's 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 totally that's 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 a valid point too. Yeah. So, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Um I think your small block, a lot of small block guys would say they like running against him. Um just because it makes him better, but then again, at some point they're not going to run second place their whole life and be happy with it. They're racers. They want to win. They want to win a championship. And so um, these guys coming down into it, I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I could see both sides. And I, at this point, I could carry either of way. Do that. Yeah, yeah. And plus this year, we're going to be in big blocks. So I, <laughs> I want to stay ahead. in the class. Yeah. But um, it makes us better. Um, but like I said, I could see both points of it. Um, but you also got to look at it as maybe we've been overlooked all these years just because nobody's taking a chance in our team and i think that's a, i that more so is a harder pill to swallow than uh, maybe i just see our team because it's our team that i see it at a level that should be should have a car owner or somebody help to um run a big block for the past three seasons four seasons say
1: do you feel like you should have been in the big blocks by now
0: i mean it's all speculative i think i, I think our team's capable of it 100 i mean we've proved that in the small blocks I mean. We have ran with JR, Andy, Kenny, um, Wayne, I mean, all these got Steve Huff, um, all these guys have come down to this class and raced with us, and we've beaten them. At some point or another, we've beaten them. Would that translate up to the big block? It's a totally different animal. But, I mean, when you're comparing apples to apples with a small block, I mean, we've beaten them. We've proven that. So, um, I think we have, we are we're definitely capable. It's like anything else, So It takes time to learn a big block. It's a totally different beast. Um, but it's just, it's just. I, I we talk about this all the time. We we can't financially go out and spend a hundred thousand dollars on motors one year where some teams can, um, and we're not willing to take that chance You go out, blow up one motor halfway through the year. Then what? <laughs> so, that's so I'd big, rather that's be. That's a big thing. I mean, I'd, there's a
1: lot of people that are just one engine issue away from being out for three or four weeks A lot of one teams like one yep. wreck. You know, they're they're doing everything they can to just scramble to put two tires on the car. Yep. Whereas you're competing against the guys that have the unlimited budgets or the, 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 the possibility of an unlimited budget that they can go out and if something happens, well they'll just buy and, and fix and, and get back the next week. I mean, yep. You're gonna be one of those guys this year. Yeah we hope we're gonna be one of those guys. I mean you're gonna be pulling the double duty. You're gonna you know you've already made it be known that uh over this winter that you're gonna be going after Modified Rookie of the Year uh, at Lebanon Valley while still trying to going after your first small block championship. Talk to me about what went into the decision to try and go and, and not only to be double duty every week, but what went into your decision to, to, to go to the big block class.
0: Um, my, I got to give credit to my father. He helped put that deal together um, with that 525 motor. So. Because I was content. I was content running small blocks because I, I financially can't run a big block. Um, I'm not going to put them in a position to try affording a big block. I mean, we have help, but I, you really have to go out and have, find some of that love love's racing to give you to, to race a big block comfortably and know we can afford a few parts here or there. And not, I mean, it's tough to find that. Like I said, uh, Mac Tools has been huge. Dave Prime and, um, and and Mark this year with the small block. So that helps. Um, but to, to run a big block is definitely, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough deal. And I was thinking about halfway through the year and if we had a rough first half of the year, but, um, how we continue the rest of the year because our, our primary focus is to win that small block championship and that, that, that was our goal going into it, but also with a limited schedule, we're going to be running the big block every week. So, um, we put the deal together, um, with Howie and Mike Petrucci. And uh and it's sitting in our car right now. We just gotta run the oil lines and that car will be ready. But we're excited for. I mean, I'm excited for. I've never had a deal like this come through where I thought I could run run a big block. Um, and it's not something I didn't wanna do, like I said, but it was just something I wasn't gonna financially put our family um in that situation to to drain our bank account to to just run and compete for a year with those guys unless we had some big help like like somebody buying a chassis. like I said, we bought JR's chassis this year, one of his old Bicknell chassis this year um, to put the big block in, and then we got the big block motor, and um, so we're excited. I mean, without one of those two pieces coming together, even to get to the track with a big block wouldn't it be possible. So um, I think I'm very fortunate this year to have that opportunity to run both cars.
1: Now you kind of already answered two of my next <laughs> questions. Um, Obviously, you said the three fifty eight is going to be your your, your primary focus, and um, and you've already filled in basically everything about about your program. Have you put yourself in in that same mindset to realize you know what it's going to be the first time you take your big block modified out onto the racetrack? I mean, you you talked about the first no. time. <laughs> well, I mean, you talked about you've already you told me that you you remember everything about. You know, going out on the racetrack the first time with the sportsman car—you remember a lot of stuff from from the go kart. You know, it was a thrill. What What do you think it's going to mean the first time? Even if even practice day, what do you think it's going to you know do to you
0: to realize you're you're a big block driver now? That I mean, that's I think for my family. I don't know what it's going to do to me because once I get on the track, I'm probably going to be just focused and get the job done. But I think it's going to be a monumental moment for my grandfather, for my mother, for my father, for my, for Abby. Um, Just because they started grassroots, open trailer, one spare tire in the back of their car back in the medium block days over there. Um, Put a junkyard motor in the car and go out and race and then have now their son go out and run a big block at Lebanon Valley in the 55 uh color scheme is is something that's we might have to be actually not think about it might have to be like 55 h or x because i'm just thinking that but anyways um yeah that's going to be that's going to be a a big moment to be i mean we've driven a big block like i said gilardi or i think you said gilardi's and um schroder's and i think we drove olden's one time but that's i mean you're talking about different steering boxes different size seats i mean nothing it wasn't your car setups so it's nothing that is comparable i mean it's good to feel what a big block feels like but it, it's not yours and it's not comfortable for you so i think it's going to be a big learning curve but i also think this year even just to say one if we go out this year and get a top 10 or whatever and and finish a year out and we could just say we ran big blocks um yeah it's, it's just an exciting time for us and i haven't even put my head into race mode yet besides the i racing um <laughs> But, yeah, it's, it, it, it's something that we're looking forward to. We're excited. We know it's going to be a ton of work with both cars. It's going to be very tight in the garage. with uh, I don't even know if we're going to be able to walk by the cars with both back bumpers on it and bodies on it. But, <laughs> um, so that's going to be a learning curve just to work on the cars and uh, without bumping into each other. Because we know how much went into the small block last year with the attention to detail. Um, and it's definitely, going to be, it's definitely going to be hard with two cars. But we had a discussion earlier in the year, and we're, we're we're ready for it.
1: What would make 2020 a successful season for you? What, what did you set out
0: as goals for this year? The ultimate goal is a championship and a top 10 of big block points. That's reaching for it, right? So the I would say a realistic goal is to get at least a win in the small blocks, top five in the small blocks, and then um, maybe a top 15 in, in big block points. And I, I won't even throw a win into it. It's not that, it's not that we don't want to win in the big block. Um, but I want to be a realist. I want it to be an absolute realist right. with us because I mean, with that 525, I don't know. I can't tell you right now how competitive that motor is um, compared to some of these other Billy the Kids or Baddles or um, I can I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Well, that. it was
1: proven last year. I mean, you know, Matt Papello
0: won yeah. with that combination last year. We got to be 50 pounds heavier now. So is, that, okay. is, is that, right. that? Sorry about that. Yeah. So is that is that going to be the difference? I don't know. Um, I think our our chassis knowledge right now. Is we get get us in the ballpark fairly quickly, even though it's different than the small block. Um, I think we could get there pretty quickly, but that's a real goals. Um, And obviously, if we do better than that, we achieve them. That'll that'll only solidify um, us being over there and us us belonging in that class. Uh, Because I think, like I said before, I think we should have been in that class many years ago. Uh, But we'll never, like I said, I won't ever put my family in that situation to go out there and do that, even though how much I love love it. You know what I mean. Some, somewhere right. you got to draw somewhere you got to draw the line um and the small block was as high as we could ever get without um, even I mean even going to different tracks midweek I mean what if you wreck we can't we can't afford to fix the car without asking people and I'm not gonna maybe that's where we're wrong is we don't ask or beg people for stuff <laughs> so right. um I mean we're our own advocates but sometimes you need to not be afraid to ask people for things and I've never been one to really go out and actually ask people for things and and which could be which could be our demise why we're not up in the big blocks, but uh, it's not who we are, it's in what we're, we're happy doing what we're, we're doing. I mean, small blocks were fun, kind of after a while, small block it, it will get stagnant, so this kind of shakes things up a little bit for good or for bad, uh, being in both <laughs> classes. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be good, we're all excited for it. We know we'll probably be at each other's throats at the end of the year, depending on where we start. Luckily, this year will be a good time, it'll be a good way to just get. Feet wet a little bit and see really what it takes for two cars. Where if we ran two cars for a full season, we'd really be at each other's throats at the end of the year. <laughs> in a twenty-four by twenty-four garage. Yeah. yeah. There's that plug yeah. again. Yeah. Um. Okay.
1: Now, there's a couple things I want to try and end this with. Um, back to Brian Bedell. You gave me one little nugget. You oh, kind of you you kind of talked about it earlier. Um, back in September of. 1994, both your mom and your dad won on the same night. Dad won in the the old medium block class when they used to have the street stock classes, small block, big block, medium block. Um, And mom won a woman's cannonball. Okay. I'm going to put you in the spot. Oh, boy. Heads up equipment.
0: Who's the better driver, mom or dad? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, (laughs) all right. I'll put it this way. I think my mom would burn up the tires too quickly, right? Because she would be <laughs> wide open right out of the gate. And I think my dad's patience would end up getting him the win just because I think she would be wide open. Like, that's that's my opinion. So she'd probably lead the first half to three quarters of the race, and his patience and calm-headedness would go out, and he'd end up passing her because she'd have no tires left on the car. She's not afraid, that's for sure. I never, yeah. <laughs> said, that she I never we, said she was. Even we, we watch old videos, and... uh she yells at him all the time because he'd hang back on the restarts trying to get a little run, and then she'd be screaming. She yells at him all the time. Just why were you hanging back? Why were you hanging back? <laughs> yeah, she's got. She's definitely get. She's got that mentality that she puts that helmet on, and uh, I got to give it to her. She goes out and does it. Now I'm trying to get Abby into it, but oh I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how she. I don't know how she would do. I think she'd be okay. too afraid. She's gonna beat me if she hears this. <laughs>
1: One last thing that I always do—I've done this with everybody—we've done these interviews with—is I do a word association. Um, I give them a person to uh, kind of say, you know, like the first thing that comes to their mind, either a word or phrase, something like that. So I'm going to give you a couple names, and I want you to talk to me about them and, and what you what you think. If I mention Kenny tremont to you, okay, now that you've raced against him, you watched him growing up when you were sitting in the dirt. When
0: I say Kenny Treemell, what do you think of? Strong competitor. He uh it's frustrating to race against him when he goes out and beats you every week. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie. Um, but no, he's he's helped make our team make our team better. He's a friendly guy, very friendly guy. Everyone everyone loves him. When he gets out on the track, I mean he, he he's fast. He's fat no other way to put it, and that's what I mean, that's what everyone wants to be. Everyone wants to go out there, win almost every race pass cars at will seemingly um and, and that's that's the goal so i guess you could look up look up to him that way like in, especially in that small block class um but then when you're racing against him i mean there's nothing more frustrating when the guy drives by you and you can't even pass two cars so <laughs> so uh but yeah he's a strong competitor um well respected i've always respected him growing up we, we, we might have had uh, one or two incidences on the track but i mean you're going to when you race against guys no matter who yeah, it is you're going to have um and and I mean, part of that was our frustration coming, not not being able to win, and him driving by us and making it look easy when it when it wasn't easy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, strong competitor, um, and and he's always he's always been he's always been somebody who's always been fast. So someone you got to look up to at some point in your life.
1: One of the things you and your team and your family directly have done you've done a lot of different uh, charity work, a lot of different things when i mentioned chris faint i mean chris has done a lot of work with with um i think he's got his new program now kindnesses foundation um a lot of the things you've done you have worked together has been working with chris i mean talk to me about about chris and what he what he does
0: chris is uh he he's he's been with us helping us for god knows how long early or early in our racing career and he is uh a selfless person. I mean, that guy gives and gives and gives, and he is truly at, at heart. He's one of the most kind, giving people we've ever we've ever met. Um, funny. He he likes to hate. he <laughs> he's uh he's very funny. But we have a good time with Chris, and I can't emphasize how how good he is for the community and how much good work he does. And I mean, he doesn't like getting credit for things. He's one of those guys who always likes to do things in the background and not get credit for it. But he puts in so much work that's why we had kindness on the back of the car last year um he does so many good things with the kindness is car i mean that's what he does with that is is huge and his work outside of that with with make-a-wish is is, is just unbelievable I'm, my mom helps him has, has joined make-a-wish because of him um i don't want to say be, i can't speak on her behalf that's, but right. but that was part of it she's uh she's on the board for kindnesses and um and he's just, he, he's a he's a great person. He's just a great person for his community, a great person in general. And uh, we're lucky to have him not only as a friend, um, but someone who helps on the car, and uh, just be around us and, and give us that positive energy that he gives.
1: Person you've talked about that you've been racing with since you were a little kid, and you, you've talked about him a lot during this interview. Tell me about John Virgilio. Oh, we got some stories. <laughs> no, it's
0: it's pretty funny. Uh, I mean, he lived right up the street from me. We have, we're uh, up at, I mean, we started out as kids riding our bikes all over the place. He used to drive a moped down to my house. That used to be his ride. Um, I mean, we just spent a lot, a lot of time together um, growing up. And it's, it's, it's very cool um, to share so many experiences with him, meaning from Whip City to we'd always spend each that, we were always down at each other's house uh, throughout the summer. We'd always be up at Charlie Parisi's when Paul was up there, Gillardi or um, now Jr. We'd always that was our hangout spot. So we have a lot of stories and shared a lot of things in common, and uh, we became we became and still are great friends. And it's it's cool that we had some nights over at Lebanon. We won on the same night, um, and now to run against them in a big block is going to be that's going to be another cool experience, just because. Two kids, young kids, growing up. Who would have thought that they would have been? Who would have thought that they would have been in a big block race and get in the top class over at Lebanon Valley? So that's that's something special. Um, and yeah, he's he's just he's a really good friend. And now now he's a police officer. I'm a court officer. It's pretty uh pretty funny seeing each other. Uh, <laughs> not under the best circumstances, but because uh, we, we had some good stories growing up that we probably shouldn't have share.
1: All right, one last person here, and obviously it's it's. It, the guy you've talked about and said is the one you wanted to make the most proud of you
0: talk to me about your dad ooh you're going to get me choked up <laughs> um he's 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 one of the the most kind loyal um selfless selfless people in my life um uh, right up there with my mother i mean i got i got to put her into this too because um sorry right, tanya she, yeah <laughs> no she they they've both been so supportive i mean when I was racing a race on iRacing, they were up there telling me what to do meaning like what lines to run how they're watching just like it was a regular race not and that, that's where that's where I'm lucky that's where I'm lucky and some people joke to them that they're helicopter parents and all this but I wouldn't rather spend probably at least 3 4 days a week going down there working on the car at their at at, at their um, garage on the cars and being with them i mean that's that's what's created that racing has created this bond that I mean, it is I can't describe to anyone just because you're with them so much and they're it really the means a lot to yeah. you. Oh, absolutely, and they're they're the people who you're trying to you're spending so much time on the race car, putting in these long hours, trying to make the car go faster. So it's more it's more re, uh, superficial, surface relationship of a, a mother or father and their son. It's it's deeper because they're almost business partners in the aspect of the race car, and they're they're your business partners. They're your family. They're your um, crew chief there you know what i mean my mother's my art my tire person she does a tire pressure so <laughs> i mean we're just we're such a uh, involved racing family that um i mean that's who we identify as as a race family and now abby she's been along almost a whole ride and she's she's just as involved so it's um it's good to make and that's i think why i also want to do good is to make them proud. I mean, I obviously want to go out cuz I love to race. I'd love to do it for a living. That would be my choice, uh, you know what I mean? But right. to make them proud is uh, something that makes me keep working as hard as I do because there's no other feeling than seeing your driver come off a of turn four. I mean, I saw that in a video. Somebody had a I think I don't know who it was had a video of just the excitement of cuz all their hard work, all their the money they put in pays exactly. off. So, and I want to trade I want to trade that for the world, so it's a uh, it, it, it's a great feeling, and I, I got to do I got to do it partially for them because it's just I love seeing the joy it brings to them, and I mean me and my dad, we go at it sometimes in the garage when we don't agree on things, but it's only because he's got one my opinion. On oh yeah, oh yeah, we and we're she's got to come out and uh, put us both in our place, but um, yeah, that's when you're compete when you're not just doing this just to go over there and turn laps, and you're out there trying to out there and win and win championships. That's going to happen sooner or later. Um, but we've always gone through it, and and it makes it all worth it when you when you're standing in victory lane with them. Because I mean, at the end of the day, who else do you want to stand there with?
1: Now that was pretty cool. You never have to worry about hearing a great story when you can get Brett Haas talking. He's a very personable young man and is going to be a great addition to the big block class this year at Lebanon Valley. I can't thank him enough for being on this week's show. And in case you haven't listened to our other episodes. Anything on Race Pro Radio can now be downloaded from iTunes, Spotify, or even the Race Pro website. Thanks for listening and be sure to come back next time. This has been the Slide Job here on Race Pro Radio.